0: It's December 8th, 2019. The Ohio State Buckeyes are your Big Ten champions for the third time, third time, third time in a row. Kunye West displays a bit of performance art live from the Sunken Place. We're going to go across the lines with Ann Coulter and the Red Queen. And hate appreciation for a group of people in Kennesaw, Georgia. Across the country and around the world, across the street and around the corner, this is over the culture this is over the culture podcast where you get to hear my spin on things i like like music sports sports entertainment movies tv shows and your mom all of her friends think i'm handsome you also get to hear about things i don't like Like public officials who infringe upon our rights as U.S. citizens. That's 7th level on Super Mario 3. Boring. And celebrity train wrecks who thirst for attention at all costs. What's up, everybody? I am your bastard of ceremonies, the one gig kid, Pat Stay Black, Reefer Sutherland, Alex Trablack, Pat Stay Black, Alfred Hugecock, Sir Blunt Smokington, the most interesting blurred in podcasting, Steve G. And this is over the culture. Totally. The fuck wrong with you? Hey, we're black, and we're back. And we're late again, because someone's not good at time management. I'm a working man, though. I works. I worked all weekend, last week, all weekend, this week. The plant in Bellevue, Ohio, it's become my second home. I'm going to make it my second home. I want to make this money, man. Got a lot of things I need to do, a lot of things I need to take care of. So I'm going to be wearing the paint off that time clock as much as I can because they call me, they call me the working man. Have you been listening to the Priest of Hiroshima album? Because if not, you should. Tell a phone, tell a friend, tell your mom. The Priest of Hiroshima album is out. It's been out. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. It's on the internet. If you like rap, if you like rock, if you like good music, our debut album, self-titled Priest of Hiroshima album, is worth a listen. We thank you for those of you who have been giving us spins on the streaming devices, on the streaming sites. It's greatly appreciated and there's more to come. We're in the process of brainstorming of getting a video Uh, getting a couple of videos out to help promote the album and this, it's fun creative endeavors are fun keeps me occupied Priest of Hiroshima is just one of the hats I hold as well as being a podcaster I think I want to write a book one day yeah, I think I am I know I am I want to write a couple books stay inspired always my friends so like I said, I spent most of my time this past week in Bellevue, Ohio, Smailview, Ohio, and that skunk is still there. They're not going to wipe that thing off. It must be the Bellevue mascot. I'm telling you, it's right when I get over the bridge and enter Bellevue. It's like my welcome into Smailview, Ohio. Bellevue, Ohio, it reminds me of, and I'm about to get real nerdy on y'all it reminds me of level seven on super mario brothers three it's the second to last level and it was all pipes if you remember correctly it's it's all pipes it's just a bunch of, it's a land full of pipes every level within that every little every one of those little episodes in that level seven in super mario brothers three it's just pipes just pipe land and bellevue is just pipe land there's nothingness, and there's plants. And that's how I looked at level 7. I'll always hate it. That's like my least favorite level on Super Mario Brothers 3. It was boring. It's just pipes. And then when you go down in the pipes, you come up out of that pipe, and then you see more fucking pipes. And they just have like 110 different options of pipes that you could go through. It's like, which one of these fucking pipes do I go through to get where I need to get? And hence... I need to start calling it Pipeland for different reasons. Bellevue, AKA Pipeland, where the meth is fresh and the plants are not, as well as the air. The air stinks too, because it's full of dead skunk carcass. Pipeland, Bellevue, Smaleview, Ohio, famous for our factories. Right across the street from another factory with pipes. Go into this factory, go out the back, where you'll see another fucking factory. And the factory's pipes. So anyways, for what it's worth, I spent a lot of time in Bellevue, Ohio. Because that's where I work. And to be honest with you, I like this place. I know I've said this before, but... We're going on about two months now, and the people like me. I like most of the people. Uh, I, I still haven't found that person that I just, uh that I, that I hate. I got to find that person I hate. I got some people, I got some culprits. I think I found a person that I, I kind of don't like. I need to get some more intel on them to find out if I hate them. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna hate them. Got it narrowed down to a couple, though. They'll reveal themselves in the oncoming days. But, anyways, you know the the pay. I've I've had jobs where I gotten paid more. Uh, you know I'm at Fox. I, I made a lot more than what I'm currently making. But when I was at Fox, I was. A lot more depressed. Actually, I I was super depressed. Put a cape on me. I was super fucking depressed, man. And I bring that up to say you can't put a price on happiness. Even though I'm not making as much as I was in Houston working at Fox and a blah, 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 blah. It's not a cake job where you're sitting around watching sporting events and what basically getting paid to watch TV which is what I did when I was working at Fox but I'm at peace I'm happy I'm around my family I'm around my friends I'm home you really can't put a price on happiness I'm making probably not even half as much as I made at working at Fox but man there were a lot of times when black cloud was just hovering over me when I was at that place to from the outside looking in it could seem like a a dream job and for the first couple years I thought it was until it wasn't enough about those fucking assholes I like my job working at the factory in Smaleview, Ohio, despite having to take in skunk carcass aroma on my way getting there. And there's a guy at my job. His name is Tim. I call him Mr. Tim. He's an older guy. He he was in the service. He he was in Nam. Regardless of what my uh, Thoughts and opinions are about war I always give my utmost respect to those who serve uh, simply because they're literally putting their life on the line for a country I live in and mr. Tim I first met him probably my third week at the plant and he complimented me on my hat I told him thanks my mom made him and Immediately, he's like, you think your mom can make me one? It's like, yeah, sure. She takes orders. She makes hats. She makes blankets. My mom is the real deal. So Mr. Tim, he placed an order for a camouflage winter hat. And my mom wasted no time. I told her, got an order. Guy at at work, he wants a camouflage hat just like mine. And she instantly went to Joanne's Fabrics, got the material, made that hat within a day. $20 $20 hat. Mr. Tim loved the hat. Mr. Tim loved the hat so much. He placed another order for the same hat for his daughter. Mom, we got another, got another order. Cha-ching. Another $20 order. My mom wasted no time making that hat. Mr. Tim places another order. This time for his wife. She wants a cream-colored hat. That's60 dollars going to my mom. Carol's creations that's the working that's the working title we have for her company. She takes orders she makes hats, she makes booties, she makes blankets. Hey If you can wear it she can make it she wear, she makes shawls. If anyone's interested, contact me over the culture at gmail.com. But thank you, Mr. Tim. He really loves those hats. He tells me that he's more than willing to, to support something that's American made. And Hey, man, I, I can't knock that. And thank you for considering my mom an American. I mean, she is technically, but I, I, I appreciate that, too, because, yeah, she is American. Thank you, Mr. Tim. We want more of your business, make you some blankets make y'all's family some blankets listeners if you need to get warm if you need a nice cold not cold but a cool if you need a cool blanket you want your team's colors you want a specific pattern or design my mom can do it and i want to take this moment out to really show appreciation for my mom and how much I admire her craft. She's been doing this my whole life. Uh, Literally, she makes, she was always making blankets. Um, When I was a baby, she'd make blankets for people in the family. Um, You know, when my little cousins were born, she'd make, uh, you know, different things. And, For the longest, I've been telling her, Mom, you need to start doing this business-wise. You know, you should start making some money off this. And with the last couple years, she started to turn her craft, her hobby into a business. And over the years, she's just gotten so much better. Her designs have become more intricate and just more detailed and complex. And man, she just amazes me, Mom, I I love what you're doing. I'm so proud of you um, because she listens to my podcast. I know she's going to get this. Um, Continue doing what you're doing, mom. And I want to help you and support you any way I can. And whether if that's being a model for you, you know, wearing your hats to work or whatever, bring you more business. Hey, we in this together, baby. Carol's Creations. That's going to be a thing just got to get some logos figured out we're we're in the infantile stages but yeah man shout out to my mom she's she's amazing i got to see the irishman finally and i feel like that three and a half hours could have possibly been taken down to maybe two and a half hours um it was good it was okay um, considering this is going to be Scorsese's swan song, um, and it had a star studded cast, it had his uh, usual suspects, it had De Niro, it had uh, Joe Pesci coming out of retirement, it had Harvey Keitel for two seconds, and uh, it had some of the other guys from the Goodfellas and Casino, you know, the guys that, you know, usually are casted in Scorsese films. And oh, yeah, there's Ray Romano coming out of the woodwork. Um, I would recommend it if you're a Scorsese fan, if you like a good story because it was that, but you know, I think it was about, it was about as long as Malcolm X. Um, Malcolm X, it, that had to be long. I I don't think the Irishman had to be over three and a half hours long, but it's worth watching at least once. You're going to just have to find some time in your day. Uh, if you got like a four hour hole, uh, where you can just watch a movie on Netflix, yeah, it's it's worth watching. And about my tickets, that's getting taken care of, um, Officer PP Nuts. You will not ruin my week. You will not ruin my life, Officer PP Nuts. Um, also, if you say Officer PP Nuts three times, a small town petty officer will come out, crystallized from thin air, and will give you a ticket for aggravated jaywalking or some other petty fucking offense. So yeah, that's, that's been taken care of, and we're going to go on with our life. We're going to go into this week, Ten Toes Fucking Down. What do you say? Mondays, I, I'm, I'm making it a thing to play theme songs or play soundtracks and call it Montage Monday, because anything is possible when there's montage last monday i drove into work bumping the rocky soundtrack and it was just like a collection on spotify they put them all together in one album yes man because the fucking montage is just gives you that extra gumph that gusto that oomph gonna need a motherfucking montage if you're going through some shit the drudgery of the weeks you're letting that just bog you down just play a fucking soundtrack or go you have a montage moment people is what I'm saying just have a montage moment montage Mondays and then when I get out of work it's Migos Mondays drop-top raindrops all that shit yeah Kunye West, once again in the news, and he has a opera, apparently, and he was seen wearing all silver, his face painted in silver, silver Crocs, silver suit, and to that I say, "Ah, good luck, I'm good love, enjoy. Remember when I said the Cowboys are going to make it to the playoffs and you can mark my word? Yeah, could we just imagine that never happened? Uh, I didn't know we were going to lose to the Chicago Bears. I mean, uh, what the fuck, bro? Off with his fucking head. Get out of here, you damn ginger ass Jason Garrett, man. Like, why are you still here, bro? Santa, all I want for Christmas is for Urban Meyer to replace Jason Garrett. Please, it's all I ask. Please, just make it happen. Jerry, write the check. Spring Urban aboard. Jason's got to go. We're losing to the Bears. We're losing to the Jets. The goddamn Jets. The Bills. We're losing to the Vikings. The Aints. Packers never beat Aaron fucking Rodgers Cowboys fans hey let's petition <laughs> let's boycott Cowboys games let's just not watch Cowboys games let's not go to Cowboys games but then again that wouldn't be a real fan let's just petition to get Jason Garrett the fuck out of here man anyways The Browns are still in the playoff hunt, but OBJ doesn't want to stay, it seems like. Uh, He's got hernia issues from uh, getting his back blown out. (laughs) Um, But yeah, those Buckeyes are Big Ten champs. How about that? Nuck if you buck, because we don't give a fuck, guys. Because we're the Buckeyes. And look, man, Wisconsin, Wisconsin Badgers, who do you think you are? You think you're going to fuck up our good thing going? This is our year. I'm not scared. I'm talking shit. Yeah, I'm being bold. I'm being brash. I'm being cocky. I'm being arrogant because my team's the fucking best. LSU, you spell fucking go with an X, you idiots. Clemson. Yeah, I know y'all beat the brakes off of us in 2016, was it 2017 in the playoffs? But that was a different year, this is a different team, and honestly I didn't even think the Buckeyes deserved to be in the playoffs that year. So yeah, we got whacked over our head, but this is our year, Clemson. You beat people in fucking basketball conference. Man, these are the people Clemson beat this year. Georgia Tech, Texas A&M, Syracuse, Charlotte 49ers, the North Carolina Tar Heels, Florida State, Louisville, Boston College, NC State, Wake Forest, and South Carolina. Damn, this would be impressive if this was basketball. But it's not. It's football. And last night, an ACC championship game, you beat Virginia, the Virginia Cavaliers, 62-17. What a lopsided victory because it's the Virginia Cavaliers. Let the Buckeyes be in that conference. People always talk about the Buckeyes not playing anybody. Clemson plays in a fucking basketball conference. The North Carolina Tar Heels, the Duke Blue Devils, the fucking Wake Forest Demon Deacons, the South Carolina Gamecocks. Jesus, man. Boston College, this is their competition. Season in, season out. But nobody says shit about Clemson. Look at this cookie cutter fucking conference, man. They played Wolford. Wolford. You know where Wolford is? Who cares? Clemson beat the shit out of them just like they beat Virginia 62-17 but they're the best they're the defending champions oh we shall see put a date on it December 28th I ain't scared oh just like people were saying oh this might be Michigan's year I don't know <laughs> fuck that cause JK dog, JK JK cause all day JK JK Who dropped 172 yards on the ground? One touchdown? Justin Fields, 299 yards in the air for three touchdowns. Chris Olave, 94 yards receptions. K.J. Hill, 83 yards and two touchdowns. And Jeremy Rucker, because we don't give a fucker, 16 yards and one touchdown. Wisconsin Badgers, the Wisconsin Badgers. What do y'all think y'all were going to do yesterday, man? Did y'all really think y'all were going to go into Indiana? and beat the Ohio State Buckeyes. Man, this is our year. Wisconsin. Ooh, who you got? You got Russell Pussywood Wilson and JJ the Big Hairy Twat. Fuck the Wisconsin Badgers and your ugly ass mascot. What the fuck is that? It looks like a big bloated owl. With a, with a striped sweater. Wisconsin, fucking, fuck the Wisconsin Badgers, man, don't fuck with us, man, we're the Buckeyes. I'll cockslap all your girlfriends from Eau Claire to Madison to Milwaukee. And all your moms are going to love me, too, because I'm cooler than the Fonz and I look like LeBron. Kitty Foreman, Mrs. C, Mrs. Cunningham, yeah. Everyone can catch one. Go Buckeyes. (sighs) Had to sound off. (sighs) Damn, it feels good. Today in sports history, in 1940, the National Football League Championship is held at the Griffith Stadium in Washington, D.C. The Chicago Bears beat the Washington Redskins 73-0, the most one-sided victory in NFL history. It's also the first NFL title game broadcast on national radio. In 1942, the 8th Heisman Trophy award is presented to Frank Sinkwich of Georgia. In 1948, the 14th Heisman Trophy is presented to Doak Walker of SMU. In 1953, the 19th Heisman Trophy is awarded to John Latner of Notre Dame. In 1955, the 21st Heisman Trophy is awarded to Howard Hopalong Cassidy of THE Ohio State. And on that same day, Brooklyn catcher Roy Campanella wins his third MVP award. In 1961, Larry Costello scores 32 consecutive points without a miss. That continues to be an NBA record. And on that same day, Wilt Chamberlain scores the second-highest total in the NBA at the time, with 78 points. 1973, the 39th Heisman Trophy is awarded to John Capoletti of Penn State. 1977, the 43rd Heisman Trophy is awarded to Earl Campbell of Texas. In 1987, the Flyers' Ron Hextall becomes the first goalie to actually score a goal. In 1994, Daryl Strawberry is indicted on tax evasion charges. In 2007, the 73rd Heisman Trophy is awarded to Tim Tebow of Florida. In 2011, the NBA and Players Union reach a financial agreement to end a 161-day lockout, shortening the season by 16 games. And in 2018, the 84th Heisman Trophy is awarded to Kyler Murray of Oklahoma. And that was my Half-Fast Sports Report. When we come back, we're going to go across the lines with Ann Coulter and the Red Queen. We'll be black after these messages. In today's birthdays, happy 30th birthday to Canadian NHL player and Stanley Cup champion Drew Doughty. American wrestler and rapper Enzo Amore is 33. NBA star Dwight Howard of the Los Angeles Lakers turns 34 today. Trinidadian an American rapper and actress, Nicki Minaj, is 37. Also 37 is American singer and songwriter, Chrissette Michelle. NFL quarterback, Philip Rivers, turns 38. American singer, songwriter, musician, and actor, Corey Taylor of the band Slipknot, turns 46. American baseball player and coach, Mike Messina, is 51. Former NFL quarterback, Jeff George, is 52. Irish singer, songwriter, and ballhead head, Wag. Sinead O'Connor is 53. American actress Terry Hatcher turns 55. American Japanese guitarist, songwriter of the band Megadeth Marty Friedman is 57 a day. American lawyer, journalist, author, former Fox News pundit Ann Coulter is 58. American wrestler and manager Slick, the Doctor of Style, is 62. American sports caster and journalist Roy Firestone is 66. Also 66 is American actress Kim Basinger. 66. Six, 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 six. yeah. American singer, songwriter, and producer Jerry Butler is 80.
1: call me from the businesses We need a boy, got him shown with the businesses Surrounded by xenophobes With a bleak nose, they ain't satisfied Till my dispositions decomposed Alphabet villains, got me on a bone Maybe I'm paranoid, I need to lead a reefer alone just a nervous wreck Let's use a Percocet Targeted by mass murderers Who never earn respect Different levels of pressure From the society Anxiety has got me escaping My sobriety They hate you, sedate you Belittle and berate you same same to debate And leave us education Ever saw hands burn the world With a misty spray Greenhouse gases beat you in a disarray you Gotta see the science On the bones then we write it We call attention to it So the flame can be ignite Which critical mass Co-branded Watch another man die, roar over bread Atrocities carried out in all the Biological warfare to melt the flesh Cover up the tracks A genocide, offensive mind control, in the thin skies Some refuse to see the truth, they love their lies Ignorance is bliss, ain't no wonder why You can build a mercury price, mercury price, mercury price Atomic scores, birthday deep c emergency C1, emergency, Prime. emergency. Through these troubling times. And seldom the punishment's custom fit for the crime. Fat cats feeding their mouths right at the faces of poverty. Lives tossed to the side. Human race is a novelty. Economy spiraling right out of control. Heat exemptions abroad, heat exemptions at home. Only a matter of time till we achieve annihilation. Lest we hold accountable the criminals in violation. Political families affiliated with Nazis. Successes of failures. Bin Laden or Benghazi. Gotta be certain to keep sight of the nemesis. Congressional. Sessions full of white supremacist supremacists They label us the enemy of the state But we ain't got shit on the enemies they create Sealing our faith, nuclear global combustion Speeding on a crash course to total destruction Reaching critical mass, co brand Watch another man die, roll over grid Atrocities carried out at all behest Biological warfare to melt the flesh Cover up the tracks, a genocide Effective mind control, in the thin disguise Some refuse to see the truth They love the lies Ignorance is bliss Ain't no wonder why You can feel the mercury rise Mercury rise Mercury rise
0: This morning, we lost American rapper, singer, and songwriter Juice WRLD. Born Gerard Anthony Higgins, December 2, 1998, in Chicago, Illinois, he was best known for his hit singles All Girls Are the Same and Lucid Dreams, which helped him gain a recording contract with Lil Bibby's Great A Productions and Interscope Records. Higgins had a history of drug abuse and spoke openly about his experiences. In 2019, he was living in Los Angeles with his girlfriend, Alexia. The two had met around the time Higgins' music career was starting to launch. Higgins' last performance was at the Split Milk Festival in Australia on November 30, 2019. On December 8th, Higgins was aboard a private Gulfstream jet flying from Van Nuys Airport in Los Angeles to Midway International Airport in Chicago, where law enforcement officers were waiting for the jet to arrive as the pilot had notified them while the flight was en route that the jet was carrying guns and drugs. While police were on board, the plane searching the luggage, Higgins allegedly swallowed multiple Percocet pills to hide them. According to law enforcement, several members of Higgins' management team aboard the flight attested that Higgins had taken several unknown pills. Higgins began convulsing and going into seizures, after which two doses of the emergency medication Narcon was administered as an opioid overdose was suspected. Higgins was transported to nearby Advocate Christ Medical Center in Oakline, where he died at age 21. The police found three handguns and 70 pounds of marijuana on the aircraft. Rene Oberginowai was an American actor and singer. Born Rene Murat Oberginowai, June 1, 1940, in New York City, he's known for various roles such as Father Mulcahy in M.A.S.H., Roy Bagley in King Kong, the voice for Chef Louis in The Little Mermaid. His most famous role was perhaps Clayton Endicott III in the sitcom *Benson* where he portrayed the role for 135 episodes. Aubergineois was married to his wife, Judith, since 1963. They had two children, Tessa and Remy. Aubergineois died from metastatic lung cancer at his home in Los Angeles on December 8, 2019, at the age of 79. Carol Spinney was an American puppeteer, cartoonist, author, and speaker. Born Carol Edwin Spinney December 26, 1933, in Waltham, Massachusetts, he's best known for playing Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch on Sesame Street from its inception in 1969 until 2018. Spinney died at his home in Woodstock, Connecticut on December 8, 2019, at the age of 85. Bushwick Bill was a Jamaican American rapper and record producer. Born Richard Stephen Shaw on December 8, 1966, in Kingston, Jamaica, he was best known as a member of the pioneering Texas hip-hop group Ghetto Boys, a group he originally joined as a dancer in 1986 as Little Billy. He went on to become one-third of the best-known incarnation of the group alongside Willie D and Scarface. On May 1st, 2019, Shaw revealed that he had been diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. On June 9, 2019, reports emerged that Shaw had died, but news of his death was later refuted by his son. However, it was subsequently reported and confirmed that Shaw died later that day at a hospital in Denver, Colorado. Bushwick Bill was 52. Sam Kennison was an American stand-up comedian and actor. Born Samuel Burl Kennison on December 8, 1953 in Yakima, Washington, he was once a Pentecostal preacher and then he turned into stand-up comedy, where his routines were characterized by an intense style similar to charismatic preachers and punctuated by his distinct scream. On Friday, April 10th, 1992, Kinnison was driving his white 1989 Pontiac 20th Anniversary Turbo Trans Am and was struck head-on on on US Route 95, four miles north of Interstate 40 and around 15 miles northwest of Needles, California by a pickup truck driven by 17-year-old Troy Pearson who had been drinking alcohol. The pickup truck crossed the center line of the roadway and went into Kinnison's Lane. At the time of the collision, Kinnison was traveling to Laughlin, Nevada to perform a sold-out show. Kinnison was found lying between the seats of his car at the scene of the collision. He was not killed instantly, according to his brother. His brother and others begged him to lie down, and he died with his best friend, Carl LeBove, who had been in the following van, holding his head in his hands. Initially, Kinnison appeared to have suffered no serious injuries, but within minutes, he suddenly said to no one in particular, "'I don't want to die. I don't want to die.'" Lebov later said it was as if he was having a conversation, talking to someone else, some unseen person. Then there was a pause, as if Kennison was listening to the other person speak. Then he asked, but why? And after another pause, Lebov heard him clearly say, okay, okay, okay. Lebov said the last okay was so soft and at peace. Whatever voice was talking to him gave him the right answer and he just relaxed with it. He said it so sweet, like he was talking to someone he loved. Kennison then lost consciousness. Efforts to resuscitate him failed. Kennison died at the scene from internal injuries. He was 38. Greg Allman was an American singer, songwriter, and musician. Born Gregory Lenore Allman on December 8, 1947 in Nashville, Tennessee, he was known for performing in the Allman Brothers Band. Allman grew up with an interest in rhythm and blues music, and the Allman Brothers Band fused it with rock music, jazz, and country at times. He wrote several of the band's biggest songs, including Whipping Post, Melissa, and Midnight Rider. Allman also had a successful solo career, releasing seven studio albums. He was born and spent much of his childhood in Nashville, Tennessee, before relocating to Daytona Beach, Florida, and then Richmond Hill, Georgia. Allman died at his home in Richmond Hill, Georgia on May 27, 2017 due to complications from liver cancer at the age of 69. Jim Morrison was an American singer, songwriter, and poet who served as the lead vocalist of the rock band The Doors. Born James Douglas Morrison on December 8, 1943, he was known for having a distinctive baritone voice, poetic lyrics, wild personality, unpredictable and erratic performances and the dramatic circumstances surrounding his life and early death, Morrison is regarded by music critics and fans as one of the most iconic and influential frontman in rock history. Since his death, his fame has endured as one of the pop culture's most rebellious and off displayed icons representing the generation gap and youth counterculture. Morrison joined Pamela Corson, his girlfriend, in Paris in March 1971 at an apartment she had rented for him. In letters, he described going for long walks through the city alone. During this time, he shaved his beard and lost some of the weight he had gained in the previous months. He died on July 3, 1971 at age 27. He was found by Corson in a bathtub at his apartment. The official cause of death was listed as heart failure, although no autopsy was performed as it was not required by French law. Flip Wilson was an American comedian and actor Born Cleo Flip Wilson Jr. on December 8, 1933 in Jersey City, New Jersey, he's best known for his television appearances during the late 1960s and the 1970s. From 1970 to 1974, Wilson hosted his own weekly variety series, The Flip Wilson Show, and introduced viewers to his recurring character, Geraldine. The series earned Wilson a Golden Globe and two Emmy Awards, and at one point was the second highest rated show on network television. Wilson was the first African-American to host a successful TV variety show. In January 1972, Time Magazine featured Wilson's image on its cover and named him TV's first black superstar. On November 25th, 1998, Wilson died from liver cancer in Malibu, California, age 64. His cremated remains were interred at Westwood Village, Memorial Park Cemetery. Rest easy, y'all. Today is Ann Coulter's 58th birthday. Born Ann Hart Coulter on December 8, 1961 in New York City, she's well known for being an outspoken conservative media pundit, author, syndicated columnist, and lawyer. Her father, John Vincent Coulter, was an FBI agent who idolized Republican politician Joseph McCarthy. As a youth, Coulter read Republican books, which would inspire her to later become a writer. She graduated New Canaan High School in 1980, graduated cum laude from Cornell, earning her Bachelor of Arts degree in history in 1984, and followed that up with her earning her Juris Doctorate from the University of Michigan Law School in 1988, where she was an editor of the Michigan Law Review. At Michigan, Coulter was president of the local chapter of the Federalist Society and was trained at the National Journalism Center. After law school, Coulter served as a law clerk in Kansas City and had a short stint in New York City, working in private practice, where she specialized in corporate law, then later left to work for the United States Senate Judiciary Committee after the Republican Party took control of Congress in 1994. She handled crime and immigration issues for Senator Spencer Abraham of Michigan and helped craft legislation designed to expedite the deportation of aliens convicted of felonies. Ann Coulter's journey into her political career was in full stride as she was making moves akin to a queen on the chessboard. Now let's rewind back to a time back in the Looking Glass Land when an actual queen was making moves of her own. That queen was the Red Queen. And that leads us to Across the Lines. He would step across the line. Habitually. He's a habitual line stepper. Line stepper. The Red Queen is a fictional character who first appeared in Lewis Carroll's fantasy novel, Through the Looking Glass, in 1871. With the motif of Through the Looking Glass being a representation of the game of chess, The Red Queen is viewed as an antagonist to the story's main character, Alice. Despite this, their initial encounter is a cordial one, with the Red Queen explaining the rules of chess concerning promotion, specifically that Alice is able to become a queen by starting out as a pawn. As a queen in the game of chess, the Red Queen is able to move swiftly and effortlessly. Just as swifty and effortless in her movements as Ann Coulter, who typically spends 6 to 12 weeks of the year on speaking engagement tours, and more when she has a book coming out. In 2010, she made an estimated $500,000 on the speaking circuit, giving speeches on topics of modern conservatism, gay marriage, and what she describes as the hypocrisy of modern American liberalism. During one appearance at the University of Arizona, a pie was thrown at her. Coulter has, on occasion, in defense of her ideas, responded with inflammatory remarks toward hecklers and protesters who attend her speeches. Just as a queen has her loyal subjects, Ann Coulter has a legion of conservatives who can't seem to unglue themselves from her every word. She's authored 12 books and has sold over 3 million copies. Her books are titled High Crimes and Misdemeanors, The Case Against Bill Clinton, Slander, Liberal Lies About the American Right, Treason. Liberal treachery from the Cold War on terrorism. How to talk to a liberal, if you must. The world according to Ann Coulter. Godless, the church of liberalism. If Democrats had any brain, they'd be Republicans. Demonic, how the liberal mob is endangering America. Mugged, racial demagoguery from the 70s to Obama, which argues that liberals and Democrats in particular have taken undue credit for racial civil rights in America. Never trust a liberal over three, especially a republican in adios america the left's plan to turn our country into a third world hellhole which addresses illegal immigration amnesty programs and border security in the united states coulter made her first national media appearance in 1996 after she was hired by then fledgling network msnbc as a legal correspondent she later appeared on cnn fox news Coulter went on to make frequent guest appearances on many talk television and radio talk shows, making the headlines with her cold, icy, callous remarks. The Red Queen is the embodiment of blind fury. Her passion is cold and calm. She's formal and strict, yet not unkindly. She has a quickness to anger, as exemplified by her constant shouts of off with her head. She has a moat that is full of heads from her many decapitations and even has her husband, the king executed, for fear that he would leave her. Anne Coulter is no stranger to public shamings and executions herself. In fact, she wholeheartedly embraces it. She would prefer black children to be flogged and humiliated in public. She once said, I have to say, I'm all for public flogging. One type of criminal that public humiliation might work particularly well with are the juvenile delinquents, a lot of whom consider it a badge of honor to be sent to juvenile detention and it might not be such a cool thing in the hood to be flogged publicly. She even said once that waterboarding is not bad, though torture would have been better. She even endorsed the warrantless surveillance of the NSA from 2001 to 2007. Ann Coulter wants to invade Muslim nations and convert the people to Christianity by brute force, suggesting that we invade their countries, kill their leaders, and convert them. She's emboldened by her looks to say things Republican men wouldn't, confronting some critics views that her content and style of writing is unchristian coulter said that she is a christian first and a mean-spirited bigoted conservative second And don't you ever forget she was condemned by the anti-defamation league american jewish committee and the national jewish democratic council after she made comments suggesting that all of the jews in america should convert to christianity she's been referred to as anthrax coultergeist the Power Behind the Drone, Maria Ann Toilette, Chairman Ann, The Trump Troll, The Dog Whistleblower, Coulter 45, The American Gables, Constitutionalist Coulter, The Shill of Rights, The Reservationist, Crazy Clown Coulter, The Walnut, Straw Man Ann, The Straw Ann, The Scarecrow, Cadaver Ann, Death Warmed Over, Zombie Apocalypse, The Step for Wipe, kellyanne conway's ghoulish twin sister poster child for botox Stinkerbell, cruella de vile wicked witch of the west wing Nuts, skeletor helter skeletor the race baiter the raven maven tyrantosaurus ann backslidden ann secretariat beltway barbie yardsdale barbie kinless barbie spinster barbie anti-semitic barbie crazy eyes coulter cuckoo coulter the hateful bitch, tranny Annie, and the man, manish Ann, man Coulter, the Jew perfector, Aryan Ann, master plan Ann, disaster plan Ann, Ann Hitler, Rush Limbet, the blind assassin, among others. Ann Coulter and the Red Queen, two demonic, elitist, soulless bitches. And that was across the lines. Mind Today in entertainment history, in 1978, The Deer Hunter, directed by Michael Cimino and starring Robert De Niro, Christopher Walken, and Meryl Streep premieres in Los Angeles. It would go on to win an Academy Award for Best Picture in 1979. In 1980, Bravo Network premieres on cable TV. And in 1992, NBC announces that Cheers would go off the air in May 1993. Now this portion of the show is where we show appreciation to our haters. Hi, haters.
1: Suck my dick, bitch. Fuck you.
0: According to the New York Times, a former Kennesaw State University cheerleader was awarded a $145,000 settlement two years after she faced repercussions for taking a knee during the national anthem at a college football game court document show. The former cheerleader, Tamia Dean, who was still a student at the Georgia University, received $93,000, and the remaining $52,000 was dispersed to her two lawyers, Bruce P. Brown and Randolph A. Meyer, for legal fees and expenses, according to the documents. News of the settlement, which was paid in October, was published on Wednesday by the Marietta Daily Journal. Miss Dean, along with four other cheerleaders, took a knee during the National Anthem at a football game on September 30, 2017, the lawsuit said. According to the complaint, they were then prohibited from appearing on the field during the National Anthem at two subsequent home football games. Miss Dean filed the lawsuit in September 2018 against Samuel S. Owens, the school's president at the time of the protest, and a former Georgia Attorney General two men in the Kennesaw State Athletic Department, Sheriff Neil Warren of Cobb County, Georgia, and Earl Earhart, a former Republican state legislator. The suit accused the defendants of violating her First Amendment rights and accused Sheriff Warren and Mr. Earhart specifically of conspiring to cause the violation of her civil rights by pressuring the university's president to take action. Miss Dean, who claimed in the lawsuit that she had suffered an increase in migraine headaches and emotional distress over the loss of her constitutional rights, sought unspecified damages. Sheriff Warren and Mr. Earhart were dismissed from the lawsuit in February, but Mr. Brown said an appeal of the decision to dismiss the sheriff was underway. The appeal is important because it calls into question when private parties can be liable under the civil rights laws of causing a public official or conspiring with a public official to violate a citizen's First Amendment rights, Mr. Brown said. This fall, Ms. Dean reached a settlement with the Georgia Department of Administrative Services, Mr. Brown said, and the $145,000 award was paid in October. The department did not immediately return a request for comment on Saturday. The agreement was to buy peace of mind from future controversy and forestall future lawyer fees, according to a copy of the settlement provided to the New York Times. The agreement represents the economic resolution of disputed claims, it says, but is not an admission finding conclusion, evidence or indication for any purposes whatsoever that the KSU defendants or Earhart acted contrary to the law. The university was made aware of the case's resolution. Tommy Demel, Kennesaw State's assistant vice president for communications said in a statement on Saturday that noted the settlement did not involve the university. It is not unusual for the government to pay damage awards for civil rights violations by public officials, Mr. Brown said. Asked what message his client wanted to send with their lawsuit, Mr. Brown said, kneeling during the national anthem is respectful and a completely appropriate protest that should be protected by the university under the First Amendment. It should not be prohibited or punished ever. You want to talk some shit? You motherfucking right, Mr. Brown. It should never be punished. It should never be prohibited. It's a First Amendment right. Right, Ann Coulter? This is on the Bill of Rights. Not specifically kneeling, but hey, it's freedom of speech. Right, Ann Coulter? Anthrax? Coultergeist? Right, Mr. Erhart, You officials down there in Kennesaw, Georgia? Good for Miss Tamia Dean. Get that paper and keep going to that school because fuck Kennesaw State. Get that degree, as my grandma would say, baby, get your certificate and keep pushing on. Get that bag, Miss Tamiya Dean. Fuck you, Kennesaw State University. Got Georgia watching your back through taxpayers, whatever, but get that fucking bag, Tamia Dean. Sheriff Neil Warren of Cobb County, Georgia, and Earl Erhart, a former Republican state legislator, with a name like Earl Erhart, of course you're a former f- Republican state legislator, you lousy fucking cotton picking cocksucker. Earl Erhart sounds like one of those boomers who just won't die. In Samuel S. Olens, he was the president. Grand opening, grand closing, Olens. If I was Miss Dean, if I was To Tamia Dean, I would just leave the school altogether. I got $93,000. I got the bag. I would just be like, thank you, Kennesaw State University. Fuck you, Kennesaw State University. I hate your guts. So that wraps up another edition of Over the Culture Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. I want to give a shout out to my homeboy, Roger. He provided me with the music for my special mention segment. You can follow him on Instagram. His IG tag is hustle underscore crow underscore. All right, I'll see y'all next week. And uh, go Buckeyes. Clemson, we want all the smoke. Ohio.